Everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Book of Exodus chapter 32 is dealing with the people of Israel. And uh, I'm going to set a foundation. It's going to take me a little bit, but you know, just stay with me. The people of Israel were in the desert. Just kind of giving some context. They were taken out of the desert by God. God rescued them out of the desert. And uh, they're now in the desert. And as they're voyaging through the desert, Moses goes up to the mountain. He goes up to Mount Sinai. And he begins to have a relationship with the Lord. He goes up for 40 days and he doesn't eat, doesn't drink. And as he's up there, he experiences the glory of God. The glory of God is so powerfully in that mountain. But as the glory of God is so powerfully in that mountain, idolatry is working within the people. And as this is going on, Moses comes back down and, and, and uh, the Bible gives us a description of what's going on. You know, Moses, who is the face of God to the people of Israel, he is the voice of God to the people of Israel. All of a sudden, he's missing. All of a sudden, he's nowhere to be found. All of a sudden, they don't have that voice anymore. They don't have that face of the Lord anymore. And so as this man of God that preaches to them, that encourages them to build altars, that encourages them have a relationship with God, that encourages them keep fasting, keep praying, keep seeking the Lord, keep seeking the Lord your God, this man now goes up to the mountain. And the, and the Israelites are here left with Aaron. And as they're left with Aaron, they become anxious. They want a God. They want a God to lead them. They want something they can see. They want something they can touch. They want something they can have somewhat worship and somewhat fellowship with. And as they're begging Aaron, they anxiously beg Aaron, make us a God. Make us a God that we can worship. Make us a God that we can pray to. Make us a God that we can sacrifice burnt offerings. They weren't asking to stop sacrificing. They were asking to change the person they were sacrificing to. All right. Amen. I'm going to preach in blood right now. They weren't asking, let's stop praying. Let's stop seeking this person. Let's stop seeking this entity. Let's stop uh, uh, sacrificing these offerings or sacrificing. No, no, they weren't saying that. They were saying, let's change who we're sacrificing to. And we see two things. Pastor, is it okay if I use this? Is that fine? Brandon, if you can help me with one of these. You can help me with the other one. We're going to put one right here. And we're going to put one right there. So this one goes here. This one goes there. There's two things in play in this scripture. A pedestal and an altar. All right. The people of Israel knew that there was only one God. The people of Israel knew who was on the pedestal. The people of God knew who was their God. Delivered them from Egypt, right? Did miracles in their midst. Saved them from the Egyptians. The people of God knew who was on the pedestal. But once the man of God went up to the mountain to experience the glory of God, all of a sudden these two got switched. Now that which was supposed to be sacrificed on an altar was now put on a pedestal. Let me tell you what a golden calf is. A calf is an animal, right? A calf is an animal. A calf is the most 
If you can say expensive, most valuable, most precious animal that could be sacrificed in those days. How do we know that? The book of, in, in the Gospels, what, uh, the prodigal son, right? He comes back to his father and his father gives him the nice ring, gives him the nice robe, gives him all these different types of things. And he says, go get the fatted calf and kill it because this is for the best. My son has returned. So the fatted calf represented value. Represented something very important to them. Represented something so valuable to them. But how far did Israel go that they mistaken what was supposed to be on an altar and they put it on a pedestal to be worshipped? All right. And the Lord spoke to me saying, this is this generation. That their flesh, which is meant to be sacrificed, is now being worshipped. The flesh that is supposed to be on an altar, worshipped unto God, is now being put on a pedestal. And our prayer lives, our fasting lives, those times you gave to God, those times that you were in prayer seeking the Lord, we're now sacrificing that. We're now sacrificing our prayer life. We're now sacrificing 5 a.m. prayer. We're now sacrificing all these different things. We're all sacrificing. You know what? Because you can't serve two masters. You can't worship the two gods. There's only one God you can worship. Come on, you know why it's so difficult? I'm going to start calling things out. I'm very sorry. But you know why it's so difficult for some of you to worship God? Come on. Because you're already worshiping someone else. There's another God in your life. And for you to be able to worship your flesh, it is required for you to sacrifice the things of God. For you to be able to worship your flesh, it is necessary for you to sacrifice the things of God. So that's why we come into the presence of the Lord. And the glory of God is so thick. And the presence of God is moving. And the preacher comes here and starts preaching to you. Starts doing And God starts trying to speak to you. God's just trying, trying to move in your life. God is trying to just try to get you out of that. But you are too still and too distracted. Why? Because you're already worshiping something. And it's too hard for you to come to the house of the, the house of the Lord and worship God because there's another God in our lives. I'm talking to a generation that's mistaken the altar for the pedestal. I'm talking to a generation that is sacrificing the wrong thing. I'm talking to the generation that has placed the wrong thing in the wrong place. I'm talking to a generation that has left prayer and fasting to satisfy the lust of our flesh. And we're worshiping our flesh. We're spending time with our flesh in Netflix and Instagram and all these different social medias out there. And as we should be praying and fasting and seeking God, and otherwise we're doing the lust of our flesh. At one time, you laid yourself on an altar. At one time, you put your flesh on an altar. Now you raised it. You put it on a pedestal. Let me tell you something. Pedestal is something glorious. A pedestal is something where royalty sits. A pe pedestal is somewhere where a master sits. You know why you keep sitting? You know why you keep doing what you're doing? You know why we keep falling in the same sins? We want to live for God. I'm not saying anybody here hates God. No. We all love the Lord. We all want to do things for God. We all want to preach the gospel. We all want to do this. But you know what? You know why it's so hard to be consistent? Because there's a master of your life. 
that dictates what you do and what you don't do. The times that you want to wake up for, for prayer, the times that you want to sacrifice unto God, there's a master that says, you know what, I'm still on the pedestal. And until you put that on an altar, that's going to stay on a pedestal. But I'm talking to a generation that it's time to take off what's on a pedestal, that pedestal that belongs to God, and put it on an altar. But we die to our flesh. We die to the desires of our flesh. We die to our will. We die to ourselves. And we worship God like He deserves to be worshipped. deserves to be worshipped. So that golden calf, that calf that was meant to be put on an altar to be sacrificed was now put on a pedestal to be worshipped. How is that compared to this generation? How is that compared to us? You know what the Lord spoke to me? He says, I want to have revival, but I want to have revival of relationship. Hallelujah. My revival of giftings. My revival of power. Now, let me tell you something. Yeah, we felt the power of God last night. Brother Brandon preached an awesome message. We felt the power of God. It was great. And we felt great in here. But I come to tell you, sometimes the power wears off. You go back to your house. You go back to your living room. You go back to your bedroom. And all of a sudden, that delivering power, all, all of a sudden, it starts fading away. And all of a sudden, depression starts coming back. All of a sudden, all these different things that you left on an altar start coming back. All of a sudden, you know why? Because relationship, when God comes in a relationship form, He comes upon you. And when He does, and He stays in your altar, no matter where you go, no matter what happens in your life, you're always going to feel the glory of God upon your altar. But we're used to visiting one altar a Sunday. Come on now. We're used to visiting one altar a Sunday. We come, we leave things. We feel the power of God, but we're not feeling relationship with God. We're not feeling relationship with Him. I come to tell you. When we start feeling a relationship with Him, we can start walking in the Spirit. We can start walking in victory. We can start walking in those things huh, that you want to have victory over. You can start walking in the Spirit. The Bible doesn't say step into the Spirit and then step right out when you get out of church. It says walk in the Spirit. And there's somebody that wants to walk huh, over their fleshy desires. Huh, that wants to walk over huh, their fleshy passions. You need to know what belongs where. You need to you need to know what belongs where. You need to know what belongs on an altar and what belongs on a pedestal. I come to tell you, this is a place that no other man should have but Jesus Christ in your life. He is deserving of the pedestal. He is deserving of the worship and of the glory. He is deserving of the praise and the honor. He is. He alone is the is worthy. He's deserving of all the praise and all the worship. You know why he's not receiving worship? Because your flesh is. Every time you listen to it, every time you give in to its passions, 
Every time you give in to its desires. I come to tell you, and, uh, some of you come might on, be, it will go over your heads, but let me tell you something. Giftings, it's not worth sacrificing for. Anointing is not worth it's not worth sacrificing for. A relationship with God. It's worth putting my flesh on the altar. Fasting three days. Praying non-stop. Praying in the morning, praying in the evening, praying at night. It's worth it to have a relationship with God. It's worth it. It's worth it to have a relationship with God. Because let me tell you something. The good things will come. You can operate in them fine. But when you're in that place where you need somebody, when you're in that place when you're dealing with depression, when you're in that place of dealing with anxiety, there's only one thing that can solve that. It's not a gifting. It's the presence of God. It's a relationship with Jesus. It's relationship. That's why an altar is not subjected to a sanctuary. On the altar. On the altar. There's nothing beautiful about an altar. I'm not going to come and try to beautify an altar so that your flesh can take pleasure in it. They said, oh, ooh, altar, I want to go. There's nothing beautiful about an altar. There's nothing pretty about an altar. An altar is rough. An altar is rough. An altar is bloody. An altar is cold. An altar is not a place where your flesh wants to go. It's not a place. It's not a place of comfort. It's not a place where your flesh is going to be comfortable. Oh, a pedestal! Anybody can go on a pedestal. Anybody can come and be comfortable on a pedestal. Yeah, it's above everybody. It's above everything in your life. But let me tell you something. An altar is not a place where your flesh wants to go. But when you put your flesh on an altar, all of a sudden you start elevating something on a pedestal, and it's Jesus Christ in your life. I come to tell you, we are like lambs led to a slaughter. Hallelujah. Like lambs led to a slaughter. Hallelujah, Jesus. God foreknew, and God promised. God foreknew that this flesh that we have, since the beginning, when He created it, He purposed it to be sacrificed. He purposed it to be sacrificed. This flesh. This flesh. This flesh that wants lust. This flesh that wants. All these like different things. This flesh that wants Facebook in the middle of the night so you can't wake up for prayer. This flesh that wants all these different things. This flesh that wants and urges inside of you. And as you're lifting up your flesh and we're worshiping our flesh and putting it on an altar, we're sacrificing prayer. We're sacrificing fasting. We're sacrificing a long time with God. We're sacrificing those moments with Jesus. We're sacrificing relationship with Lord. Let me tell you, is it worth it? Is it worth it to you? Is it worth it to you? The pleasures of your flesh, magnifying your flesh, putting your flesh on an altar. Is it worth is it worth it putting Jesus on an altar where he does not belong? Is it worth it to us? Is it worth it to this generation? I come and tell you, it's not worth it for me. I'll do what I gotta do to keep my flesh on an altar and keep my God on a pedestal. You didn't hear me. I'll do whatever it takes to keep my flesh on an altar 
so I can keep my God on a pedestal. Hallelujah! Because He is worthy. He is worthy. Sometimes we're like Isaac. We're looking around saying, where's the sacrifice? Who's going to take my place? Where's my sacrifice? Where's the sacrifice my father's going to use? We're looking around saying, uh, uh, where's the sacrifice? Where's the sacrifice? And this is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, you are the sacrifice. Why are you looking around trying to find something to replace you on an altar? Why are we trying to look for other things? They're trying to put on an altar. God saying, I don't want that. I want you. I don't want that. I want your flesh. I don't want that. I want your flesh. I don't care if you come to service every Sunday morning, every Sunday night. I don't care if you're faithful to your youth group. I don't care if you come to every Bible study. I don't care if you can sit there stone cold doing nothing. Unless your flesh is on an altar, that does not matter unto God. That's good. Well, God, I, I went Sunday morning, Sunday night. I went Wednesdays. Did you sacrifice your flesh? No. I went this time, I went that time, Lord. I offered this and I offered that. Lord, I put in time. Lord, I worked this and I worked that. Lord, I, 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 I did all these different things apart from me. For I did not know you. I ended up trying, Lord. I preached your gospel. I preached this end time youth revival conference, Lord. I, I, I ministered to your young people, Lord. I did all these different things apart from me. I did not know you because it's not until you put your flesh on an altar that you truly know who God is. Because God is worthy to be on the pedestal. I'm not going to put my flesh on. I'm not going to put something else in the place of a sacrifice. You don't need to sacrifice for the power. You don't need to sacrifice for the authority. That's going to come. But what you, what you do need to sacrifice is to know Him. Right. Who wants to know Him? Who wants to know Jesus? Who wants to know Him? Hallelujah.
they've abandoned their relationship with God. And sometimes it's like Jesus who goes up to the Samaritan woman and says, you worship what you don't know. We know what we worship, but you worship what you don't know. And this is this generation. We're worshiping something we don't know. You're worshiping something we don't know. We're coming into services to please a God that we don't know. We're coming to uh, clap our hands, say hallelujah, say his name, but do we know who he is? We may know his name. We may know the miracles, we may know the power, we may know the signs, but do we know who he is? Do you know who he is? I know who God is. Is your flesh on an altar? You know who God is? Is your flesh on an altar? An altar that's stone cold? An altar that your flesh is not comfortable with? You know what the Lord spoke to me? Saul, when Samuel went to visit Saul, Saul was defeating the Amalekites. The Bible says that the Lord ordered him to utterly destroy everything, but he kept things alive. He kept things alive in his life. He kept things alive in the Amalekites. And when, he, when Saul came in, when Samuel came in, he said he heard bleeding. Bleeding. That's the sound an animal makes when it's about to be sacrificed. Bleeding. He heard bleeding. That's how he knew that. Uh, 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 that's how he knew that Saul was trying to make sacrifices unto the Lord. You know that a, that an animal, when it's when it knows it's about to be sacrificed, it starts to scream. It starts to try to move around. It tries to get out of trying to be placed on an altar. And you know our flesh is like that. All right. That when we're about to take it to the altar, come on, we'll get, we'll get to the altar. All of a sudden, it starts saying, five more minutes on Instagram, please." Ten more minutes on Facebook, please. Just a little bit more while with your friends. Well, I'm supposed to go to dinner. I'm supposed to go to bed at 10:30 so I can wake up for five minutes. Well, uh, all of a sudden your girlfriend calls you, your boyfriend calls you. All of a sudden your friend starts calling you. Let me tell you about your day. And your flesh starts talking to you. It starts talking to you to get itself out of being placed on an altar. And it begins to shake. It begins to move. It begins to be uncomfortable because it's about to be put on a place where it's going to die. And I'm here to impart a hunger to this generation because I know that there's a hunger deep, 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 deep down inside of you. And I'm trying to pull that out tonight. I'm trying to pull that out tonight from inside of you. I'm trying to pull that out tonight because it's time for us to get connected with hunger. It's time for us because it's hunger. And it's love. It's love. You know what brought Jesus to the cross? You know what brought Jesus to sacrifice? Love. You know what's going to bring us to the altar? Love. Because Jesus loved you so much. Because Jesus loved you so much. Even though you be a sinner, Jesus loved you. Jesus loved you. Not by words only, but by an act in Calvary. That is the act of total love. That when he says he loves you, he means it. Some of you say, oh, God doesn't love me. You want me to show you Calvary? 
God doesn't appreciate me. You want me to show you Calvary? Oh, God doesn't care about me. You want me to show you Calvary? That's a sign of love that God gave you. I am willing to die on a cross for you. Are you willing to die to your flesh for me? Hallelujah. I'm willing to die on a cross. Are you willing to die on an altar? I'm willing to die on a cross to have a relationship with you. Are you willing to place your flesh on an altar for relationship with me? I feel like God is saying that to us. Are you willing? She got all these different things on the pedestal. But you know what you got on an altar? Relationship with God. Relationship with God. We have to make the decision right now. Which God are we going to serve? Because when Moses came down from the mountain, he went to the people and he said, you choose right now. Which God are you going to serve? This generation needs to choose right now. Which God are we going to serve? Where are we going to put? You have two places. You have a pedestal and you have an altar. Whatever you put in an altar, you're not putting on a pedestal. You put your flesh on an altar, you automatically put God on a pedestal. But you put your flesh on a pedestal, you're automatically putting God on an altar. And I'm almost done with this. Done with this. God's trying to come in relationship form to this conference and time youth revival. We can put Exodus chapter 32. I think it's verse 16, 17. Verse 16 and 17, Exodus chapter 32. Verse 18, verse 17, I'm sorry, 17 and 18. You can all open your Bibles to that really quick. I want you to read that with me. Jesus is about to step into this room right now because there's a hunger in this place. 
There's a hunger in this place. Verse 17 says, And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, There is a noise of war in the camp. Verse 18 says, And he said, It is not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome, but the noise of them that sing do I hear. The Lord spoke to me this saying, David, instead of fighting against idolatry through war, they embraced it through celebration. They embraced it through celebration. And the Lord spoke to me and said, David, I'm hearing too much singing. I'm hearing too much celebration. I'm hearing too much young people pleasuring in their flesh. I'm hearing too much young people pleasuring in the passions of their flesh. I'm guilty of it too, guys. Guys, I'm guilty of it too. I'm not put on a pedestal where I'm made perfect and all this kind of stuff. No, no, I got weak. I got flesh. I got flesh. I got flesh. But the Lord spoke to me saying, I'm hearing the celebration of their flesh and not the crime of war that they should be waging against their flesh. I'm hearing the celebration. I'm hearing they, them dance around their pedestal. I'm hearing them celebrating, but I'm not hearing the agony of an altar. I'm hearing the celebration of a pedestal where they're worshiping flesh and they're worshiping flesh, but I'm not hearing the agony. I'm not hearing the cries from an altar. I'm not hearing the cries from an altar. I'm not hearing a generation that's crying on an altar saying, Jesus, accept this sacrifice. Jesus, accept this sacrifice. Jesus, accept my flesh. Jesus, accept my will. Jesus, accept this sacrifice. Embracing the satisfaction of their flesh, embracing the lust of their flesh. I'm not hearing their flesh on an altar screaming unto me for me to receive their sacrifice. I'm not hearing the sound of war. All right. There's too many. There's too much celebration. Not enough death. There's too much celebration. Not enough death. You know what you celebrate? You celebrate life. We're celebrating the life of our flesh because it's still alive in our lives. We're not waging war against it. We're it's on an altar. And we're praying unto God, God. I've been in the sanctuary for two, three, four hours. God, I've been fasting for two, three days. God, I've been laying my flesh on an altar. God, I've been seeking you. God, I've been seeking you nonstop. God, I've been seeking you. I've been placing my flesh. I didn't go out with my friends because I wanted to stay in the sanctuary. I didn't go out with my buddies because I wanted to stay in prayer. I didn't go out with this person or that person because I wanted to stay in prayer with you, God, because I'm hungry. Because I'm hungry. Because I'm hungry for you. Because I'm hungry for you. Is there a generation that's hungry for the Lord? Is there a generation? That's willing to put their flesh on an altar. Is there a generation?
third generation. It's one that's now in a lot of war against our flesh because we want fellowship with the Lord. I want fellowship with Jesus. And I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to sacrifice whatever it takes. Because he sacrificed whatever it took to get as close as possible to me. As he got as close as possible to me, it's now my turn to sacrifice what I need to sacrifice to get as close as possible to him. And that's when you too will encounter. That's when you'll feel God like you've never felt him before. That's when you feel the presence of God. That's when you'll feel the glory of God. That's when you'll feel God's favor like you've never felt it before. That's when you I'm not talking about power or anointing or giftings. I'm talking about the presence of God. I'm talking about God wrapping his arms around you. I'm talking about God himself. You said something in your place to an altar. God said something in his place to meet you there. He's never going to send himself if you don't send yourself. He's never going to send himself if you don't send yourself. It's time to send ourselves to an altar because he will show up. He will be there. I am here to say he is waiting at the other side of the altar waiting for you to sacrifice our flesh waiting for this generation. Is there somebody that's hungry? Yes, Lord. How hungry are you? Or do you just have an appetite for the Lord? His appetite only gets you to the altar, doesn't get you across from it. Hunger gets you to the altar where you place your flesh on an altar, saying, I'm hungry for God. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I'm willing to sacrifice whatever it takes. I would remember as I was fasting I'm not trying to say it mostly but I was fasting not for this conference I was fasting for the Lord I want more of you less of me God that's what I kept saying the Lord I want more of you less of me Jesus and as I would sleep at night after day one day two I would sleep at night and my flesh would say oh you already got the power why are you fasting you already got the anointing why are you fasting stop fasting and I said I need Jesus Because I'm hungry for that. I'm hungry for that. Are you willing to place what you've already placed on a pedestal and grab it and say, We're going to an altar? We're going to an altar. Where you're going to lay on this altar. It may be uncomfortable, but you're going to endure it. And we're going to sacrifice unto God. And God is going to show up in our prayer meetings. God is going to show up in our services. God is going to show up in your altar, in your personal altar at home. God is going to show up in your life. He ain't going to replace it with someone else. He ain't going to send somebody else. He's going to come himself. Are we willing? Are we willing? Let's stop going through the emotions. Guys, let's stop going through the emotions. Something that's concrete and something that's solid is an altar. Something that's concrete and something that's solid is an altar. And I come to preach to this generation huh? before we want the power and the anointing and the authority. Let's have Jesus. Let's have the Lord. 
What, you want to fast two, three days? I know we love food. I love food, man. I'll be honest. I love food. But if I would have placed that in my mouth, I'd say I love Jesus more. I love him more. I love Jesus more. But I wouldn't do whatever it takes. And I'm sure the heart is poor for this generation. They have forsaken me, David. That's what he told me. They have forsaken me. They have sacrificed me. They have sacrificed our alone time together. They have sacrificed those days that they appointed the fast. They have sacrificed them for the pleasures of their flesh. But I'm here. Still waiting at that altar. And as God is at that altar waiting, He's waiting there, and we're just coming up, and we're laying our prayer life, and he's watching. We're laying our fasting life, and he's watching. We're laying all these different things, and he's watching. Waiting for you to come and pick up what you left on an altar and put yourself on an altar and say, Jesus, I don't come here with this, with that, with the other. I come here with myself. I come here with myself. I come here with my mind. I come here with my heart. Because I love you. Because I love you, Jesus. I'm here. I don't know if we can just lift our hands for just a Yes, Lord. Let's close our eyes right now. I want you to deep, 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 deep inside of you where that hunger is at. We're not going to have any music, brother. But deep, 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 deep down inside of you where that hunger is at. And I want you to start digging that up. 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 I'm hungry for God. I'm hungry for God. I'm hungry for God. I'm willing to do what it takes. I know this is not a popular message. I know this is not a message you may like. But I come to tell you, if you apply this to your life, Stop worshiping your flesh. Stop worshiping your flesh. Stop worshiping your flesh. Stop worshiping your flesh. Somebody shut up, Sata. Oh, let there be a groaning of hunger. Let there be a groaning of hunger. I want right now I want you to let that out if you're hungry right now I want you to let that out 
If you're hungry right now, I want you to let me shine. I'm a hosa. That's it, that's it, You're showing your hunger right now. You're showing your hunger right now. 